to start with. Uh, I put a little deal on Facebook. Put several of them on it. Some of them are carried on from year to year. Don't get much activity on them because people don't want to answer stuff. Especially, uh, they can't, can't answer. And uh, anyway, but I put on there that Richmond Road Baptist Church will meet December the 25th, regular time, regular services, and this will be our 52nd time for 19, or 19, 2022. See, my memory. I can't ever get used to, I ain't used to 20 yet. I'm still, I thought, I thought 1984 was new. <laughs> I'm still not used to this 2022. Who ever heard of that? Well, we did, I guess, but anyway. But now we're about ready to go to 2023. But then I said what we will be doing, we will be honoring the Lord. And I gave us a, a little outline of what we will be doing. The same thing we've been doing all year long, every Sunday, every Lord's Day, 52 times. Now, I can't tell people what to do and what not to do. I can present the truth, and it's up to you to act on it. If I'm presenting the truth, it's up to you to act on it. But I'll tell you, I, I, I'll give, you, give people the right. They can do what they want to do. But I want them to give me the right to do what I want to do without ridiculing and lamb-blasting me for not doing what they're doing. I don't have to do what other people do. As a matter of fact, I don't intend to do what other people do in a lot of respects. So, uh, you know what we're talking about. Look at the book of Acts, chapter 2. And I've got several scriptures that I'm going to read here. And I gave that outline on Facebook, and I thought, well, why don't I just preach that? That'll be it. That'll be good. So, Acts 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That is, the church that Jesus built. Amen. Now, at this time, they had grown to approximately 120 people. But when this, when this little prayer meeting started, they had 11 members. And during that time, they had received, it seemed, about 109 members. Well, did they baptize them all? I know they, they received them the, the orthodox way that Jesus told us to receive members. It may not state that, but we understand that this church responded the way Jesus ordained. And so how does the church receive members? When they give evidence of having been saved, and they uh, give a, a confession of faith, 
and they're received into the church and scripturally baptized and united with that assembly, they become members. And that's how the church at Jerusalem received members. So now, though, the Lord had told them to tarry. Tarry here for just a little while. He said, uh, verse 1, verse 8, he said, Ye, that's second person plural, y'all, didn't say you guys, said y'all, shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea, and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now there is the purpose for what took place on the day of Pentecost. Now for the Jews, that was their feast. But for the church, this was for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That the church itself might receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and receive the authority and the uh, power to go and do worldwide mission work, as he just stated there. So that was the purpose of the day of, of the day. Of, now, why the day of Pentecost? Because it was the day the Lord had ordained for that. And why were all these Jews in Israel? Because it was the day of Pentecost. And so when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, they didn't have a building. But where they were, they were all together, the 120. All right. And then all of these things started, the rushing mighty wind and so on. Just as in the Old Testament, at the tabernacle, when the Shekinah glory came on the tabernacle and filled the Holy of Holies, then they knew God had put his approval on it. And then they could, they could initiate it as serving the Lord. And in uh, uh, 500 years later, in the, or the, uh, that was about 1,500, about 500 years later, when Solomon built the temple, before they, they inaugurated the temple to, to use it, they had to wait. And the Shekinah glory, that's the glory of God, the pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, filled the Holy of Holies. Then they knew by observation that God was present and had approved of his temple. The Jews knew that. These on the day of Pentecost are all Jews. And they understand that. And this is why they're seeing what God not only see, but also hearing what God has, is doing. And this is according to the promise of the Lord. John the Baptist even talked about it. And here is what it is on the day of Pentecost. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the uh, loose uh, heretic preachers say everybody gets the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No, they don't. Only the church did on the day of Pentecost. And it happened one time. The, God showed his approval, his indwelling, and his empowerment for them to do what he had ordained them to do. So, this is what's going on. Now, look at verse 42 of the same chapter. 
Verse 41. Then they that gladly <coughs> received his word were baptized. They didn't baptize children. They baptized adults that gladly received his word that showed evidence. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls or human beings. Now the church grows by leaps and bounds. But they started out with 120. Well, started out with 11. And then they grew to 120. And now because of everything going on and God working his will, they grew to, uh, to about 3,000 souls added to them. So that'd give you about 3,120 people. That's a bunch of people, all right? And they, a bunch of people, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Notice that's not the apostles' creed. That's the apostles' doctrine. I know that Al Mohler and uh, many others all talk about the apostles' creed. No, the apostles' creed is something that came much later and it has heresy in it. We don't abide by the apostles' creed, nor should any child of God. But the apostles' doctrine is completely different. That's what they were continuing steadfastly in, the apostles' doctrine. Jude called it the faith once delivered to the saints. And they were continuing in fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, every individual, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. That is, that is the result of the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, those outward evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all that believed were together and had all things common. That was not communism. I've heard preachers say, oh, that was, that was the first form of communism. Well, what you're doing when you say something like that, you're connecting something com completely evil with something that was decent. Communism, Marxism, is godless, atheist, evolutionist, violent, and that's what communism and socialism is. They had no wise had communism in this church. They simply had all things common. But it makes somebody sound like they're smart. They put all that there. But now all you're doing is all you're doing is bringing reproach on the Lord's church. But they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing, they continuing daily with one accord, they were all in agreement in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, you know the Camelot uh, denomination. They never baptize a saved person. Because according to their doctrine, they can't be saved until they're baptized. So they're saved after they do a work on them. But God said they that were saved, they were received into the church. All right. Now, what I'm getting at with all of this is that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine meeting. And what did they do when they met? Yes, if you, if you stay at church long enough, you need something to eat. 
People try to say it's wrong to eat at church. Well, there ain't no sense in us eating in an auditorium. We don't need food in here. But we've got a, a fine place to eat. Not a thing wrong with eating when you come to church. Matter of fact, if you're going to stay in your time, you need to. Nothing wrong with us feeding the hungry. Amen? Amen. We need to be aware and, and try to feed the hungry. Uh, but anyway, that's what they were doing. But they were continuing in the apostles' doctrine. And what were they doing in that doctrine? They were praising the Lord. All right. Look at chapter 4. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now that's what they're doing daily. But the chief priest and the Sadducees didn't like it. In verse 3, they laid hands on them and put them in hold. You can find hold in the Old Testament. That was like a holdover. They're going to put them on trial. They're going to do damage to them. They put, put them in hold until the next day for it was now eventide. They couldn't go to court that day at that time. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed in the number of the men was about 5,000. Man, they're turning Jerusalem upside down, aren't they? All right, now, look at verse 7, the same chapter. <clears throat> Here they get them, the next day they get them out of, out, of, out of the hold, out of jail. And verse 7, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, didn't say baptized with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Ghost. And he tells us, be ye not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're supposed to do that today. Not be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Anyway, he said, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, well, there have been an impotent man made whole. By what means he is made whole. What power did you do this? Heal that guy. Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. He's filled with the Holy Ghost and what's he talking about? Now, here was my outline. Here's what we do on the Lord's day. That's, that's where we get our justification right here. We preach the Lord's eternity. We preach the Lord's incarnation. We preach the Lord's life. We preach the Lord's death. We preach the Lord's resurrection. 
We preach the Lord's ascension. We preach the Lord's priesthood. We preach the Lord's soon return. And we preach the Lord's judgment. We do all of those. Well, I'm going to show you what we do. Look at the book of Job real quick. Oh, Job chapter 11. Now, eternity is something we, we have a rough time understanding. <clears throat> but Job 11. And Zophar has something that's good. Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do deeper than hell? What canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. We're talking about the eternity of the Lord. Now first, Jesus Christ is the second person of the triune Godhead. There's one God. Manifest in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says of the three personages of the Godhead, not three gods, but one God. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. But of the three persons, the Bible says plainly, co-eternal, there's never been a time that God is not. That's why he says, I am, is his name. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. There's never been a time when God the Son wasn't. There's never been a time when God the Holy Spirit is not. The eternal Spirit, the eternal Son, the eternal Father, the eternal God. So we preach the eternity of God. Look at Romans real quick. <clears throat> Verse 20. For the invisible things of him, of God, from or since the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. No, we don't truly understand eternity, but we can know and we do know there is ample evidence of the eternal power of God when you look at everything that is. And so uh, we've got his eternal power. Uh, look at Psalm 90 and I'll move on. Now there's one psalm that we know that Moses wrote. And this is it. Psalm 90. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. I think Moses knew enough that he went back 
to Adam. In all generations. And then you're into eternity. And God is. Before the mountains were brought forth. Or ever thou hast formed the earth. And the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. I get this. From everlasting. Before the mountains were formed. From ever, to everlasting, after the new heavens and the new earth, thou art God. Amen. He is everlasting. Do we not rejoice in this? Amen. The world does not rejoice in this. The world's doing everything it can to destroy these truths. That's why they're evolutionist. So we rejoice in the Lord's eternity. Secondly, we rejoice in the incarnation. Now that word is not in the scriptures. But if you turn to 2 Timothy 3. You know, the Romance languages are very, very similar. Uh, Latin, Greek, Spanish, French, Romance languages. I don't know all of them. I know some, few words in some of them. <clears throat> but I know what carne is in Portuguese and Spanish. Meat or flesh. You have chili... How many have ever seen chili con carne? You've seen it for years. Chili, con is with, meat. The incarnation of the Lord, and here we go. 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. What does the incarnation of Christ mean? There, there it is. God who is spirit. Amen. Not a spirit. He is spirit. Became flesh. That's what the incarnation means. Now I know that people talk about that. And that's alright. I don't mind anybody talking about Christ being born. Look at Luke, the first chapter. I don't really mind these so-called carols as long as they sing the truth. I'm not, I, I wouldn't stop the truth being sang or talked about if I had the, the choice. Look at Luke 1 and verse 26. I don't have... These scriptures belong to the Bible. Amen. And we belong to the Bible. And so verse 1 to 6. And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man. Now you might note that many of the new translations 
particularly the good news for modern man. They left that word virgin out. The word virgin in the Greek is parthenos. And it's used 13 times in the King James. And every single time it is, it is translated virgin or virgins. Every single time. Because that's the correct uh, translation of the word, parthenos. But the good news for modern man left it out and said, young woman, could there be a desire to remove the virgin birth from the Bible? I think there is. I know there is. Because if this is true, then this must be the God-man. Well, so a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Now that's not the mother of God. As the Roman Catholics say repeatedly, every time they've been taught, every time they utter one of their pagan prayers, Holy Mary, Mother of God, is what they say. That didn't come from the Bible. That came from the Council of Ephesus. Mariolatry, worship of that woman. That's not Mary, the mother of Jesus. That's Diana of the Ephesians, who ultimately is Semiramis of ancient Babylon. But anyway, uh, the angel, verse 28, came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. Uh, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. In Ephesians, the first chapter, he uses that same thing for everybody that's born of God. She's not a saint, canonized. She's not someone to pray to. She's not the mother of God. She's the mother of the man, Christ Jesus, <coughs> which he saw him. <coughs> Verse 29. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, that is Gabriel. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. A salutation is simply a greeting. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. So is everybody that's been saved by his grace. Amen. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Do you realize how many people try to contradict that? Call her a liar? There was a fellow who came from Germany who taught at the Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville that Mary was a fallen woman, that Jesus was the son of a German mercenary soldier. Taught at Southern Baptist Seminary or Seminary in Louisville. So-called Baptist. 
Baptists don't mess with heresy like that. Anyway, verse 35, The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost, the word ghost and spirit are synonymous. That's the same word. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest, that would be God, shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be called, shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who, is, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Now, John the Baptist is six months older than Jesus. John the Baptist was born about June. July, August, September. June, July, August, September, October, November. Somewhere's thereabouts. Some say that Jesus was born in the spring. I rather believe it's in the fall. But you can determine this by the father of John the Baptist, the, the course that he had as a priest. Anyway, it's, I can go through that, but it's not today. But Jesus was not born... Today. That's not my point. My point is that he was born and that we did not stop on his birthday here. This is what we celebrate 52 times a year on the Lord's Day. His eternity, his incarnation, uh, Matthew 1 23, thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. The emphasis is not on the birth of the baby. We understand it had to be. And we, if we go through the Bible, you go from, you actually go from the Garden of Eden. You find out that Satan has been absolutely trying to stop. The birth of Jesus Christ. Pharaoh. Killing all the babies in Moses day. Herod. In Jesus day. Everything was designed to stop this from being. But it could not be. Alright so. We celebrate his incarnation. God became flesh. Yes he was born of a virgin. No, we're not told to specifically celebrate his birth, but when we celebrate everything else about him, obviously it must be his birth. And so we're not afraid to talk about it. Thirdly, we celebrate his life. Real quick, I think this is one of the scriptures that Brother Wayne was looking for this morning. Isaiah uh, 52. Isaiah 52. Verse 13. 
Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished or astonished at the his visage, that's what it looked like, was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The king shall shut their mouths at him. For that which has not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. <clears throat> now, verse or chapter 53, verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is Jesus Christ, God's Son. And to whom is he revealed? Salvation is not a reformation. Salvation is a revelation. That which you never could see, now you can see. What happened to the thief on the cross? One, both of them started out the same. Railing accusations at Jesus. But in the midst of all of that, something happened to one of them. Now he can see what he never saw before. They said, if thou be the king of the Jews, get yourself down from here and us also. But this one thief now, he can see what even Nicodemus, the Pharisee, the teacher of the Jews could not see. Jesus said to him, he said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. And all the Nicodemus could do, teacher of the Jews, he says, how can a man once old enter the second time into his mother's womb? Nicodemus couldn't see the kingdom of God. He couldn't see past the flesh. And what a ridiculous question he asked there. You know, sometimes you'd just be better off keep your mouth shut. Because when you open your mouth, you remove all doubt as to how stupid you are. You ever have that, that feeling? Man, I wish I'd have kept my mouth shut. And you re reveal how, just how really goofy you are. And I think Nicodemus revealed how unspiritual and goofy that he really was when he asked such a question. Can a man after he's been uh, uh, old or adult, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? Ridiculous! It ought not to, it's as stupid it ought not to even come out of your mouth. You ought to keep that to yourself. But he didn't. He revealed. And yet when we see, oh, we, we could see the thief on the cross. He said, Lord, when you come, not if. He didn't have any doubts about him. When you come into your kingdom, remember me. And the Lord said, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. The Samaritan woman at the well. She said, our father worship in this mountain. Jesus said, you don't know who you worship. You don't know what you worship. He said, salvation is of the Jews. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. The lion out of the tribe of Judah. The lamb that was slain. And when he said what he said to her. She left her water pot and goes to Samaria. 
Come, see this man that told me everything I ever did. Is not this the Mashiach, the Messiah? She didn't know that ten minutes before that. What happened? The arm of the Lord was revealed to her. So we say, Brother Isaiah, I know the arm of the Lord, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground, showing his humanity. He has no form nor comeliness, that's beauty. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. You get all these, these pictures. Blonde hair, blue eyed, red hair, green eyes, black hair, brown hair, all this long flowing hair, pictures of Jesus. You got them all over. Churches have got them hanging in them. So called Baptist churches have got them. They're idols. That's not what Jesus looked like. You got this description of him in his humanity. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. You go to Revelation, the first chapter, and you see what it looks like when he comes back. And you ain't never seen a picture like that. You never seen a picture like this. They make him some strapping man, beautiful man, not so. Verse 3, he's despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow. We're talking about his, his life, his humanity. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, we esteemed him not. Well, that's his life. We talk about his life. His perfect life where he did no sin. It's not that he could not sin. He was a man. He was all man. But he wasn't made with a depraved nature like we have. He was made like Adam was. Without sin. And he had, he was a free moral agent. He had the total freedom to choose evil or to choose good. And he chose good because he, he overcame the law. Fulfill the law. And you got to understand that. That's what he did in his life. Amen. And then we talk about his death. Look quickly at Romans 5. Verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus Christ died the death. John Owen wrote a book. Love the title.
The death of deaths and the death of Christ. The death of deaths. And that's the death that he died. So, verse uh, chapter 8. I've got plenty more here, but I just don't have time for all of it. Romans 8. Verse 34. Who is he that, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Yes, there's bukus of scriptures. Do you know that there has been and still is a movement to say that Christ did not even die on the cross? That he only swooned. Like fainted. And when they put him in the, the tomb, that the coolness of the tomb revived him. Those Roman soldiers knew what death was. And they knew he was dead when they didn't break his legs. There wasn't no sense in it. I say you got to hit a man right hard to break his legs. With whatever you've got. A hammer, a rock, or whatever they had. That's extra work for them. David, you can recognize somebody's dead. You don't have to wait for the corner, do you? You really don't. I've come up on them. You don't have to wait for the corner. You know, you know when they're dead. I saw a man upside down his car right over here, uh, flipped over and went through a telephone pole. Electric wires dancing all around, rain and storming. And there he was hanging up there. I got over there, no lights, and had no phones in, no, you know, cell phones. And he was hanging upside down. I looked in there and I knew, I knew he was dead. And I wasn't about to crawl in that car and try to get a dead body out of there and get, get electrocuted. Because all them high power wires laying, dancing all around there. Well, he was dead. And when they finally got here, I had to stop somebody to call the merch. When the, when the fire department got here, they didn't go in that car. They waited for KU to come and cut the, cut the power. And then, the, and then it took him forever to get, get him out of there. No way I could have got him out of there. I understood that. Been around. But I knew he was dead. You can see death. And Jesus Christ died. Amen. He died, literally died. As dead as dead can be. For uh, Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. And we preach his resurrection. Look back at Acts real quick. First chapter. When they were electing, choosing a man to replace Judas's office, Judas fell from an office, not from salvation. He was a devil from the beginning, is what Jesus said. And in verse 22, beginning from the baptism of John, Unto that same day that he was taken up from us must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. That's what the apostles were ordained to do. 
to be witnesses of his resurrection. When you go to chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, you find out that all the apostles witnessed his resurrection above 500 at once, and the others that saw it, and the apostle Paul was taught by him in the desert, Arabian desert, for three years. One thing they all knew was the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that's what we are to be witnesses of. Chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, they denied preaching to the Jews, he said, you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince or the author of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Chapter 5 and verse 30. Verse 29, the apostles, the Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. And that's what we are here at Richmond Road Baptist Church for, to be a witness of all of these things, but particularly the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Next, of his ascension, back in Acts 1. Acts, the first chapter. Verse 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye, you all shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And you see what the witnessing is about. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld. He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven. As he went up behold two men stood by them. In white apparel which also said. You men of Galilee why stand you gazing up into heaven. This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And so we see his ascension, that he ascended, went up bodily, literally, and that's exactly how he'll come again. Real quick, the next thing we'll testify of and worship is, uh, is the priesthood of Christ. Look quickly at Hebrews 7. Verse 14, for it's evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. 
And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude, that means the likeness, of Melchizedek, there riseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth that thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, for there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God, and inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest. For these priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, Thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek, he's talking about Christ, but by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, and they truly were many priests, because they were not allowed to continue by reason of death, they all died. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. And we rejoice in the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next, his soon return. Uh, real quick, Matthew twenty four thirty. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. When the Lord comes, he'll come with the clouds. I told you, I think it was last week when I talked about the Son of Man. How Barnively is his name. Son of clouds. Anani is what the Jews called him. He is soon returned, and when he comes, he'll come with the clouds. And it'll be as the lightning shines forth from the east to the west. It won't be secret. He'll come, and everybody won't be rejoicing. As a matter of fact, the only ones that will be rejoicing are those who are in Christ looking for his coming. The rest of them will mourn as we see in Revelation 6 when they cry out for the rocks. Fall on us and hide us from the face of the Lamb for the great day of His wrath has come. And who shall be able to stand? And then uh, we're in Matthew. Go to chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. His judgment. Yes, his judgment. is something that not, is not talked about much at all. But we ought to talk about his judgment every, every time we meet. Amen. We ought to talk about all these things. And if you rightly divide the word of truth, you will talk about these things. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. If you'll notice, these are red letter words. These are the words of Jesus. People say they believe what Jesus taught. Well, do you believe this? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, 
many called, few chosen. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out demons and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And John 5, and it'll be my last one. John 5. <clears throat> Verse 26. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. He became the Son of Man and all that that involves. He had everything. He gave it all up that he might become poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. He suffered all the humiliation and the shame of coming into this world as a poor man. And the Son of Man had not where to lay his head as the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man didn't even have that. He gave it all up and then he went to the cross of Calvary and he paid for all of the sins of all of his people. But because he did that and for the he despised the shame of the cross, but for the glory that should be revealed in him. And look at Revelation 1. And see symbolically what our Lord looks like. And what do you find him there in Revelation 1? He is the judge of the universe. And where does he start his judgment? Amongst his churches. And if judgment begin, let it begin at the house of God. And that's where it goes. So... We celebrate the Lord's eternity. We celebrate His incarnation, His life, His death, His resurrection, His ascension, His priesthood, His soon return, and His judgment. At least 52 days every year, not on one day.